haven't been writing in a while, so it won't be nothing written, but it'll be definitely some of the um songs that we sing here. I got a couple other pictures to show y'all too. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. We're gonna have to call y'all after after two. Let's see. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I like this one. Alright. So I'm gonna start off with um what a beautiful name. And you know what? Is there any way we can take this where they can see the screen so they can see the work? Um, I don't. Does it freeze up? Okay. All right. Okay. All right, we're going to share the screen here so y'all can see the um the words <clears throat> if you want to sing along. <clears throat> Wait a minute. Beginning, one with God the Lord most high, your hidden glory in creation, now revealed in you, our Christ, what a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. One can't separate us now. What a beautiful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. It's nothing. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the voice 
glory, the praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again. You have no rival, you have no equal, now and forever God, you Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against what a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus, what a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus, what a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, one of my favorite songs there. I'm going to do one other one, and, okay, I'm back. And I'll do me, Daryl, and the children's favorite here. <laughs> I always got to send this. Maybe we'll do one other one. Just Mm-hmm. 
they make a miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, and you're touching every heart. I worship you, I worship you. You are here, healing every heart. I worship you, I worship you. You are here, and you're turning lives around. I worship you, I worship you. They make a miracle work, a promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Yeah. We make a miracle work, a promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. That is who you Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Oh, ooh, hallelujah, that is who you are. Oh, way maker, lyric worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 
Okay, hope y'all were able to tune in and follow along with the words. I don't know if it slowed up on y'all, but we're going to start, you know, singing them a lot more often and we'll all get used to it and know the lyrics and, you know. Yep. All right, I'm going to turn it over to Daryl. You know, it's interesting because I think that that song, <clears throat> even with what you guys were just sharing, you know, when he says, like, you never stop working, like, that's yeah. how it is. Even when we were um, talking about in the last, one of the last sermons about um, Paul saying, like, don't grow weary. Like, um, continue in, the, in, the, in the, the way that you, when you were first called, you know. And, you know, when we deal yeah. with things, you know, it, it can, we, can, we can grow a little weary, you know, but... Mm -hmm. Just we just why we gotta stand in prayer because he, he fills us back up, you know when we ha when we go through those moments when we go through those times, you know, because it's not it's not easy, but, but we just never stop working, you yeah. know. Amen. And so this this is this this sermon is interesting because it relates to that. It's um it's called with a word of patience. Thank you. And it's it's interesting because there's so many um. Prof prophecies and prophetic scriptures that um, align with this, with this, with this word of patience. And so, the first scripture that Jesus led me to is Romans four. Romans four. We're going to read the whole of Romans four. <clears throat> All right. So Romans four starts off with. What shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh have found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And I remember we were having a conversation about this not too long ago about, about righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward, 
not reckoned, reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness because, because we believe. And that's what Abraham did. Abraham believed. He heard what God said and he believed it. He didn't, he didn't let Satan snatch it away. He knew that he was going to be the father of many nations. And so even when um, at the end of the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus says, um, <clears throat> forgive us our debts, that this is what he's this is what he's talking about. The sins, the sins that we like what we were just talking about, the sins that we incur along the way. And and that's why <clears throat> we're supposed to um that's that's one of the things like that 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 prayer goes in order. Like that's one of the things that we are when we're talking to Jesus, we're supposed to to say that in our prayers, we're supposed to ask for forgiveness, like forgive us, forgive me for the things that I that I'm that I'm doing, for the things that I do. Knowingly and unknowingly. <clears throat> but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. So God blessed this person. God blessed that person. Say blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. So again, that's why Jesus said that. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. Okay, because that, that, that believing and, <clears throat> and, you know, going forward, without seeing it is faith because faith is, is hope in the things that you can't see and the unseen. <clears throat> How was it then reckoned when he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them. Also, because if you remember the story, um, Abraham, when, when God came and told Abraham what he was going to do with him and make this great nation out of him, it was before he was circumcised. So this is what Paul is talking about. He's writing to the Romans, uh, the Roman church, and he's, 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 he's describing this. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. For the promise that he should be the heir of the word was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void. And the promise made of none effect, because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end of the, the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. 
As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth or made alive the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations because faith is hope in the things that are unseen. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Because you know how old Abraham was. Abraham was a, was a, a little bit above 100 years old. Um, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb because Sarah was in her 90s. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Okay, and so that faith that Abraham had to have um, was dealt a lot with patience. And that's why this is um, with a word of patience. And so if we continue, if we continue into five, um, we can read just a little bit. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. So the tribulation worketh, works patience, and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And so Paul is saying here, um, but we glory in the tribulation, we, go, we glory in the things that we go, go through, because it's, it's building up patience in us. And that patience, is, that patience, due to patience, we're gaining experience. And then experience builds up hope, which in turn is, is the faith. And it's so interesting because this is, again, with that word of patience, it's, it's, it's all of those experiences is, is building up our patience and, and trusting in Jesus. Like we have to wait on God. That's patience. And so the next scripture that Jesus led me to was um, Zechariah 4. Zechariah 4. Um, Zechariah 4 um, 4 1 through 7 and in Zechariah 4 it's um, I'll read it here and the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep and said unto me what seest thou and I said I have looked I have looked and behold a candlestick all of gold with a bowl upon the top of it and his seven lamps therein, and seven pipes to the seven lamps, which are upon the top thereof. And the two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, Zechariah 4, 
Um, and the two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the, and the other upon the left side thereof. So I answered, and I spake. Close the door. Um, so I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, "What are these, my lord?" So he's confused. Zechariah's confused. Like, what? What is? What is this? What are these, my lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, "Knowest thou not what these be?" And I said, "No, my lord." Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, "This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power." But by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And so with a word of patience, Jesus is saying here, he's saying, not by, by might, not by power, not by anything that man's going to do or, or certain things going to be made right, but by his spirit. And so line seven, the last line I'm going to read here, is he says, Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone Thereof with shoutings, crying, grace, grace unto it. Okay, and so that headstone, we know what that headstone is. That headstone is Jesus. He's the, the foundation stone. He's the one who laid the foundation. And so we build on top of that foundation. But we have to know, you know, many, many people, um, and we talk about the American way of life. And, you know, some of the things that are going on right now with, the, with unrest around the world and other places. That Jesus is saying, not by might, not by by power, but by my spirit, are these things going to get done? You know, the things that we that we know aren't right, that we that we see, contradict his laws, contradict his his statutes that are not abiding by him. That is not going to change by anything that we're going to do, but by his spirit and his spirit alone. And so, um, give 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 us one second. Gonna pause for one second here. Give us like two minutes. Four. Okay, and this this yep Zechariah four, and this sermon is actually called with a word of patience. So you only missed you only missed um, one scripture, which was Romans four, and the beginning of Romans five, and so it's called with a word of patience. And so when we read Zechariah 4, it says, And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of sleep, and said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick, all of gold, with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps therein, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl and the other upon the left side thereof. So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And so we were talking about the saying that, you know, a lot of the things that are going on in the world, some of the stuff we were talking about, all the unrest, all the different things that are going on, um, we see that it's not right. We want to do something about it, but Jesus is saying it's not going to happen by, by, by the hand of man. It's not going to happen by, by anything that man's going to do. It's not going to happen by might. It's not going to happen by power, but it's going to happen by my spirit, 
moving. And then, oh, it, then okay. it says, Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. And so he's talking about Jesus, the foundation stone, the headstone. That's Jesus, grace. And so it's even interesting because we were reading the, um, the second um, chapter of Daniel with the children earlier. And so, you know, when that, when that stone is cut out, not by human hands, and smashes that, um, that, that statue in pieces, it's leveling all of the nations of the world. And so right here it says right here, and it even says that, that that stone grows and becomes a great mountain that comes covers the whole earth. But those nations, again here, represent this mountain here in Zechariah 4. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone. That's Jesus bringing forth the, the infancy of um, that part of the kingdom. And so... Again, like, you know, we have to be, we have to wait on God. So that, that's, that's where the patience, you know, again, where the patience comes in with us waiting on God. We see things that are going on in the world that are not abiding by his laws, that are not abiding by him, that has nothing to do with um, biblical standards. And, and we see that these things are wrong and corrupt, but we have to wait on God because he said he's going to do it with his spirit. And so this is even interesting because those two um, olive trees, I'll go down a little bit, um, talk, is talking about um, the two witnesses that's talked about in the book of Revelation. Okay, so if we go down the line, it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hand shall also finish it, and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. For who have despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel. With those seven, they are the eyes of the Lord. Remember the in the book of Revelation, it talked about the, um, the lamb with seven eyes. That's God. Okay, that's how we know that Jesus is God. <laughs> which And those, those seven, they are the eyes of the Lord, which run to and fro through the whole earth. Then answered I and said unto him, what are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick and upon the left side thereof? And I answered again and said unto him, What be these two olive branches which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? And he answered me and said, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my lord. Then said he, These are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. And that is in um, Revelation 11. It talks about the two um, witnesses that corresponds to. But again, Jesus is saying, not by, by, by might, not by power, but by my spirit. So we have to learn to wait on God with a word of patience. And so um, the next scripture that we're going to read here is Matthew. Matthew 8. Jesus led me to Matthew 8. If we turn to, to Matthew 8, <clears throat> Matthew 8, 5 through 13. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, 
there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou should have come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and west, and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way as thou hast believed. So be it done unto thee. And his servant was, was healed in the self same hour. And just like we were reading about Abraham in Romans 4, um, he 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 heard what God said, and he believed. And in this case, the centurion heard from other people who Jesus was, and he knew automatically um, that what was said about him was true. So he believed. He had faith, great faith, and he understood that Jesus had authority because he um, had an example of authority in his own life that he that he served in. He served in a, in, a, in a position of authority. And, send, and then even when we go down, he says, he says that um, he's going to sit down with Abraham. Well, many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom, he's talking about the Israelites who did not believe. A lot of many of them did not believe. A lot of them, you know, they, they died in the desert. We talked about that in the last um, sermon. And a lot of them who did simply just didn't believe in Jesus. So that's why he's saying that they're going to be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Like Jesus says, he says that I, I never knew you. And so to have that, that faith, we have to um, have, have patience. Because there, it's not going to happen. Things aren't going to happen when we want them to be. And that's why we say, let your will be done. God, let your will be done. We have to wait on God. So with a word of patience, it's the patience that we're that we're building up in, up in us. And that's the experience like we, we read in Romans 5. So if we turn, Jesus led me to John 13. John 13. John 13. John 13, 16 through 38. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, 
which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? He was confused about this. Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, There shall never thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean. Every wit and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew that who should betray him. Therefore said he, Ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet, and had taken his garments, and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye not what I have done to you? Call ye master and lord, and ye say, Well, for so, so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. So he's saying we should also wash each other's feet. That's service. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, Happy are ye if ye do them. Okay, and so Jesus, Jesus comes as a servant, and he's saying to us to walk in his example, to 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 um to take up your cross and to follow him, right? So in turn, we are supposed to be servants too. We're supposed to serve each other and serve one another and love one another. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen. But the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. He's talking about Judas. Now I tell you before it come, that when it is come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask which should be of whom he spake. He then, lying on Jesus' breast, saith, saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop 
when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag that Jesus had said unto him, Buy those things that we should need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. He then having received the sop went immediately out, and it was night. Therefore when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, Whether I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, A new commandment I give unto you, That ye love one another, as I have loved you, That ye also love one, love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whether I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice or three times. And so he's saying, he said, whether I go, thou cannot follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. And so we know that he's talking about the end, the end times. We will follow after Jesus into the, into the heavenly kingdom. And so this, this patience, you know, we have to continue on with patience and knowing that that it's not in vain. Paul said it's not in vain. The next scripture that Jesus led me to was John 18. John 18, 24 through 38. Okay? John 18, 24 through 38. And this, this chapter talks a lot about, um, talks about the, the truth. When Jesus says to um, Pilate, what is truth? Now as Annas had sent him bound unto Caiaphas, the high priest, and Simon Peter stood and warmed himself, they said therefore unto him, Art not thou also one of his disciples? He denied it. That was the first time. And he said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, being his kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off, saith, Did, I, did not I see thee in the garden with him? Peter then denied him again, and immediately the cock crew. Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment, and it was early, and they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out unto them, and said, What accusation bring ye against this man? They answered and said unto him, If he were not a malefactor, would we would not have delivered him up unto thee. Then said Pilate unto them, Take ye him, and judge him accordingly, according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying what death he should die. Then Pilate entered into judgment, into the judgment hall again, and called Jesus, and said unto him, 
Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, saying, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews? But now is my kingdom not from thence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Okay, we talked about the truth earlier. Okay, so he's the here to bear witness to the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate said unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. And so we know um, this this story. Most of us know this story pretty well. That after that he was he was crucified. And so even when we go back into um, John thirteen, you know when he says, actually, um, yeah, John thirteen. Oh, actually, Matthew 8. When we look, when we go back to Matthew 8, <clears throat> and we read again what it says in Matthew 8, when we were reading Matthew 8, what the centurion, when he said after the centurion asked for his, um, asked for healing. Just for his servant. He said, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children, the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And this is why. Because they did not believe who Jesus was and is. And so we still deal with this to this day with um, the people of Israel who still don't, are, are, are completely um, persecuted if they believe in Jesus and, if, and most of them um, don't. And so it's a, it's a very interesting um, matter. Okay, and so if we go back to Luke. Jesus led me to Luke. Luke 22. We go back to this whole um, issue with Peter denying Jesus. <clears throat> Luke 22, 21-35. We go back to the, um, to the Last Supper. It says, But behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goeth as it was determined. 
but woe unto that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to inquire among themselves which of them it was that should do this thing. And there was also strife among them by which of them should be accounted the greatest. And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercised lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. We see this today with um, heavy taxes. But ye shall not be so, but he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. For whether is greater he that sitteth at meter at the table, or he that serves, is not he that sitteth at meter at the table, but I am among you as he that serveth. Jesus said, I am among you as he that serveth. Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations. And I appoint unto you a kingdom as my father hath appointed unto me, that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So in the book of Revelation, it talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is what he's talking about. And the disciples sitting on the twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And so upon Peter's shoulders, Jesus said that, the, that he built his, his, his church upon his rock. Peter or Petros was the name of a, 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 in, in Greek of um, a stone. That's Peter's name. Peter's name actually means stone. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he, sh he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice or three times deny that thou knowest me. And he said unto them, When I sent you without purse, scrip, and shoes, lack ye anything? And they said, Nothing. Then said he unto them, But now he that have a purse, let him take it, and likewise his scrip. And he that have no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I say unto you, that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me, and he was reckoned among the transgressors for the things concerning me have an end. They have an end. And so, again, when, when we read in Zechariah, Jesus said, not by might, not by uh, power, but by my spirit. This was what Jesus was trying to get the Jews to recognize. You know, because some of them were so, um, so militant, but it's the patience that word of patience and faith that he was um, teaching the disciples to preach to the to the rest of Israel, and that, and of course that expanded into the Gentiles. Actually, that's that's actually what we're going to read about um, in a little bit. Now Jesus led me to um, the next scripture that he led me to was Romans eight. Romans eight one through nine. Therefore. Oh, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, 
God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Oh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Okay. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So that's patience. If we have, we have to have the Spirit of Christ. He said he's, or else he is none of his. He says, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit. The, the next scripture that Jesus led me to is um, Revelation 3. We turn to Revelation 3. <clears throat> Let's see here. Revelation three. Oh, one second here. Revelation three. Seven through thirteen. And it's talking about the church of Philadelphia. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write these things, saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and has not denied my name. So he's saying two things. He's kept my word and has not denied my name. That's what Jesus said that we're supposed to do. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee because thou hast kept the word of my patience. Thou hast kept the word of of my patience okay letting leaving it to God leaving it to Jesus I also would keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth it's talking about tribulation behold I come quickly hold that fast which thou hast that no man take thy crown him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. Remember, later on in Revelation, he talks about having his name written on their foreheads and them no longer going out into the world, but into the, in, in the New Jerusalem, in the city. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him 
my new name. That's Jesus. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Alright, and so that is the word of patience that we have to continue on. We have to continue on knowing that we know his name and we follow him. Thou has kept my word, has not denied my name. That's the word of patience. Continuing on patiently. Okay, so if we um, go up just a little bit further in Revelation 3, uh, we're going to continue into 22. And unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of of the creation of God I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot I would thou wert cold or hot so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot I will spew thee out of my mouth so he's saying I wish that you were cold or hot but you are lukewarm and so we can't be um, lukewarm Christians we have to deliver the truth and we were saying about the, um, the church of Philadelphia that thou hast kept my word and has to not deny my name. And so, Amen. When we when we talk about the Amen, right? When he says here, um, the these things save the Lord, save the uh, these things save the Amen, saying, "Let it be done." The faithful and true witness. Amen means let it be done. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works and that thou art neither cold nor hot. So he would rather they be cold or hot, but they're lukewarm. And so he says, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in fire. That is the refinement. That thou mayest be rich in white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Remember, he says he... he um. He corrects those that he loves. Okay, so going going on into 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Or eat with him and he will eat with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame. And am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. And so again, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And him saying, you know, to the, uh, to the disciples that you're going to sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So he's saying, he that overcometh, that's patience. Continuing to overcome. Continuing to have patience. Continuing to do right. To overcome. 
Um, Jesus led me back to Romans 5. It, it, everything has a lot to do with this word of patience. If we go to, um, to Romans 5, Romans 5, 2 through 4, it says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. That's the Spirit. That's the Spirit. Okay. And so, <coughs> Jesus led me to John 5. John 5. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water, or stirred up the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. So thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool but while I am coming, another step of down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, Is it the Sabbath day? Is it not lawful for thee to carry thy bed? He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. And he that was healed was not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away. So he didn't know who it was. A multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath but said also that God was his father making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The son, of the son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. For as the Father raiseth up the dead, and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judgeth, and quickeneth means to make alive, 
For the Father judgeth no man, but have committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which have sent him. Okay, if we go back to Revelation um, 3, back to Revelation 3, where we were reading at, that even gives us a little bit of understanding about what we were reading. Go back to Revelation 3. And look at line 8. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them in the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. He's saying he's loved, he loves them because they have kept his word and have not denied his name. And so what does it say right here in John 5? That all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. Verily I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. This is what Jesus was talking about. If we go back to Revelation 3, it says here, Because thou have kept the word of my patience, in line, in line 10 of Revelation 3, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. And so a lot of um, people look at this and say, this is, this is evidence of, and it's, and it's, you know, of course we don't know for sure, but this is, this is talking about the rapture. And so when we go back, to um, John 5 is saying the same thing I say unto you he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me have everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation the condemning is the tribulation but it's passed from death unto life which is brought alive in the resurrection in the in the um, the rapture and so this is the patient this is the promise the patience that we have to have in the promise, knowing that this is going to happen. This is what we have to look forward to, continuing on in his word, continuing on in his laws, continuing on in his name. Verily I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Remember it says that Jesus um, shouts with the trumpet call of God, or the trumpet call of an angel, and the dead are raised. The dead in Christ are raised. That's what the scriptures say. Um, let's go on to line 26 in John 5. For as the Father have life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and have given him authority, again authority, like what um, the centurion was talking about, Jesus saying that I, I'm a man of authority, and you have authority, he recognizes that. And so, he's saying... The Father hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. He is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. 
they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Okay? So this is this is the, the resurrection that's talked about in, in Revelation. I can of my own self do nothing, as I hear I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which have sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that bear witness of me, and I know that the that the witness which he witnessed of me is true. Ye sent unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. There's the truth again. But I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say, that ye might be saved. He was a burning and a shining light, and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have greater witness than that of John, for the works which the Father have given given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself, which has sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. And ye have not his word abiding in you. For whom he hath sent, him ye believe not. He's talking about the Jews. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. We just talked about that in Romans. And they are they which testify of me. And yea... Ye will not come to me, that ye might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you, that ye have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. How can ye believe which receive honor one of another from, the, from men? He says, remember he said, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Okay. How can ye believe which receive honor one of another, and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom ye trust. For had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? And so we believe his words. This is the, this is the patience. This is the word of patience. Okay, the next scripture that Jesus led me to is 1 Timothy 5. 1 Timothy 5. This is an interesting one because it talks about this, this, this period of time that we're living in now. 1 Timothy 5, 1-22. And it talks about some things, um, some personal things too, to refine us. Um, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters, with all purity. Honor widows that are widows indeed, but if any widow have children or nephews, let them first learn, first, uh, them learn first to show piety at home, and to requite their parents, for that is good and acceptable before God. So, you know, when, when, when Paul and, and Timothy... And some of the other apostles talk about these things that are right, that are true, that are good, um, that Jesus talked about. These are also the things that we have patience, we have to have patience in and still practicing these things. And be careful not to be tempted by the world. Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate trusteth in God 
and continueth in supplications and prayers night and day. But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. So it's talking about the world, living in pleasure. And these things give in charge that they may be blameless. But if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So not providing for your family, not providing for your own house. Let not a widow be taken into the number under threescore years old, having been the wife of one man. Well reported of for good works, if she have brought up children, if she have lodged strangers, if she have washed the saints' feet, if she have relieved the afflicted, if she have diligently followed every good work, but the younger widows refuse, for when they have begun the wax wanton against Christ, they will marry, having damnation, because they have cast off their first faith. From where they were called. And withal they learned to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also in busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. So that's spreading rumors. Gossip. I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. For some are already turned aside after Satan. If any man or woman that believeth have widows, let them relieve them. And let not the church be charged that it may relieve them that are widows indeed. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. Again, Jesus would he say about the um, Philadelphia church, that they kept his word and his name. For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Against an elder receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. Them that sin rebuke before all that others, others also may fear. Okay, so we're supposed to correct. We're supposed to correct. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels, that thou observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. So that, that's actually talking about violence and fighting. Lay in no hands, laying hands suddenly on no man. Neither be a partaker of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. Staying in that, that word of patience. Staying with that. The last scripture that Jesus led me to was Matthew. Matthew 10. Matthew 10 starting at line 5. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles. And into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost, lost sheep of the house of Israel. So the, the, the 12 disciples were specifically sent to the Israelites. And you know, um, Peter was given the vision about the animals and the Gentiles. And, and he um, preached to the Gentiles in the Jerusalem and Israel area. And Paul preached to all the rest of the Gentiles. So that was 
their, um, his charge mainly was Paul's charge was to go to the Gentiles. But the 12 disciples, the original 12 disciples were supposed to go to Israel, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So they were lost. They um, completely forgot, you know, how to follow the laws in, um, in a righteous way, in a compassionate way. And so, and the, and the Pharisees were so hard on them that they were um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a state of, uh, sort of a rebellious state. So that's why he says, go to the house of the lost sheep, because of their rebelliousness, saying, you know, they're stiff-necked. Remember, he said that they were stiff-necked, so they became even more stiff-necked over time. As ye go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Because we, we read in the last um, sermon, we're not supposed to charge for it. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor script for your journey, neither two coals or coats, I'm sorry, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. And into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence. And when ye come into an house, salute it, and if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it, but if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you, and whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet, verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for that land of Sodom, for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. He's, they're saying he's, they're going into the midst of, uh, of, of, of wolves because they are so um, rebellious. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. So he's talking about then, he's talking about the near future, and he's talking about now as well too. And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them, and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. And so again, not by, by, by might, not by power, but by my Spirit. <clears throat> and the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. That's the rapture. That's the word of patience. Enduring to the end. But when they persecute you in this city, flee ye into another for verily I say unto you, ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. So he's saying that when they persecute us, we have to go and leave that we won't even get near the close to the cities of it. We won't get all the way through the cities of Israel and he's going to come. And there's, there's, there's a lot to that. When we read about the two witnesses and the 144,000. But 
this, that, that endurance, we have to endure. We have to, because we, we will be saved. We have to have patience. We have to learn to wait on God to know that He has our, our every interest in mind. He knows what we need. He knows what we are going through. He knows what's on our hearts. He knows what's on our minds. He knows what's on our, on our soul. He knows that, that it's not easy, that, 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 that the world and the, and the people around us and, and the things that we have to do on a daily basis that is bearing down upon us. But he says endure with that word of patience. Be patient. Waiting on Jesus because he's coming soon. He's coming very soon. We saw all the stuff going on in the world. And again, he says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. The spirit will speak. The spirit will do. The spirit will take care of you. That's the Holy Spirit. And so does anybody have um, any um, reflections on that or any, any, anything they got out of that that, that um, touched you or opened something up in you in some type of way? <clears throat> Um, I do have something to say. It's a, it was about um, I gotta remember what it was now. Um, oh, come on! I forgot what I was. Gonna say. I forgot, y'all. Let me think of it. They done, they done took my memory right out my head. <laughs> Like, 
like being busy in the home is supposed to give you no occasion for Satan to come in and have you talking all crazy, all sideways, gossiping, complaining. Like you should be so busy that you don't even have time for that. And so that 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 really stood out to me, and it, I think it kind of it answered some stuff for me because I think sometimes I'm more trying to focus on getting that extra time so that I can talk and do this and do that. But actually that extra time should be for prayer and it shouldn't be for that. Like, and so maybe sometimes it makes me wonder sometimes when things don't go that way. And I feel like from the, from 7am to 7pm, I was busy cooking, cleaning this and that. Maybe that was God's way of keeping me from, Calling this one, calling that one, talk about this, talk about that, you know. So it's like, you know, and even when we do the prayer call meet, that that pretty much cuts a lot of things out, and it cut, you know, it, it it teaches us how to speak about like the things that really, really, really matter for yeah. us, and share what we really, really, really are going through, you know, and then find the answer, which is prayer. So that really stood out for me, and then the other one was when it said something about the widows, um, the widows when they wax young, they, um, and that's, that's 1 Timothy 5, 11, when it says, when they have begun to wax wanting against Christ, they will marry. And that, I was, um, I actually kind of had a little bit of a question that made me think, because, well, let me go back, because <clears throat> what it seemed like, it said, but the younger, it says, you know, it was talking about the widows um, that they're supposed to be given into prayer and supplication. And then they're supposed to be, you know, like, large, if, if they've lodged strangers, if they did all these things and they followed after good works, then, like, we're supposed to be, like, they're supposed to be getting help, receiving help and stuff like that. But then it says um, in verse 11, 1 Timothy 5, 11, it says, but the younger widows refuse. They refuse to do that. So it seemed like, like they refuse to do the works of God and take the rest of their life in the prayer and supplication and um, night and day. But they instead, like in verse 6, it says, but she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. So it's almost like, you know, like the ones that decide to say, like my husband's dead, so now... Like, I'm going to just go do what I want. I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to just go and be pleased here and there. And then even where it says, like, you know, I'm going to just go remarry again. And, like, that was that was something that stood out to me. Because a lot of people, <clears throat> a lot of people that are younger do that. You know, they just, it's like, soon as the marriage is over, it's like, it's time to remarry again. And it says, like, they've begun to wax wanton against Christ. Then they will marry having damnation because they have cast off their first faith. So that makes me think that, like, you know, their first faith is, like, everything that they built up in that first marriage. Like, everything they built up in that marriage through all of those years of praying and you praying with God being the center of your life and of your marriage and all of that stuff. And then, you know, like, basically, after that person's gone, it's like, the faith doesn't even matter no more. Like, 
you know, like everything that we, everything don't matter. That's why I'm perceiving it as. But it made me think because it's like I never knew that like the word of God actually spoke about that. Because in the world it tells us that that's exactly what you're supposed to do. There, there is absolutely most people, even even most soap soap coms, the sitcoms, Young and the Restless. I mean, words can't express how many times those women lost their husbands and they was remarried in like three days later. You know, some of them was married at the daggone funeral. You know, and this this is you know this is the stuff that kind of <laughs> this is stuff that kind of go into our you know into our minds to say like immediately like as soon as as soon as my marriage is over, I'm supposed to just remarry again, and that ain't the case. It's saying like we supposed to like we dedicate to God with that other person. And when that other person's gone, we still are supposed to keep our end of that covenant, even with that person not gone. But that, that's what they prefer. That's what the Bible prefers. So it's like, you know, of course, you know, it ain't like condemnation when we do that. But it's like, you know, starting to see like, you know, taking that this is my reflection of it, starting to take the advice of godly people and God's word over what we think, our own understanding in the world and what the world says, yeah, you should, you should do this instead. Cause I feel like we, it's just gonna, it's, it's gonna tend to probably go the better way if we probably take the advice of the word of God over what the world has to say about things. So that was my reflection. It was it's, it's, drawn it's, out. it's interesting because <laughs> there was a verse in, in Romans four that I was supposed to read. And it says here, it says, um, For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that is now and, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word and in conversation and charity, in spirit and faith and purity, till I come give attendance to the reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect neither, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, which the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So, like, continuing to read the scriptures and the, the, the right things and repeating that to others. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and of course, like, as, as mothers and fathers, like, teaching our children those things and not letting it go. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. Which was given thee by prophecy with laying on of hands and of the presbytery. That's just the praying too. You know, so all of these things, he's saying all of these things, Timothy's saying all of these things, or rather Paul is saying all of these things are important. Mm -hmm. In 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 relation to what you were saying. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Miss Rose, did you think about what she was what um what 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 was the, the reflection you had? Yes, girl. It was, matter of fact, it was at the beginning of the sermon 
when when you and Ezekiel, when you when you said that he's um, when he said that he, not by might, not by um, power, but by the Spirit. Yeah, Zechariah. That, that right there. Yeah, Zechariah. That right there is is a strong statement because with that statement. People ought to know that that's how God will be operating. He'll be operating in the spirit. Right. And it won't be by, by man's power or by um, by any any means of man or any kind of works of man. Right. When, when he starts working, it's going to be by his spirit. And all and all the ones that's in his spirit will, will know. Right. Yeah. That's, what I was, that, that, that's a strong statement right there. Yeah, Zechariah 4, strong. I think that's line 6. Yeah, strong scriptures. Yeah, he's, he's not... I mean, I mean, people people are still, to this day, you know how man is always trying to create something to, to overtop whatever God has made. Right. And and God's not, it, it, it's no way that man's going to ever be able to top what God has done. Right. So and it's gonna like it is a true statement. It's only gonna be by his spirit. Yeah, he's not he's not um he's not playing, you know. That's in Zechariah four, um Zechariah four, line six. He's he's really not playing, you know. When we look think about the stuff that's going on around the world right now, like he's 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 moving. Yeah. And he's just continuing to move yeah, faster and faster. A lot of the uh, clients used to call, and they've already spoken to oh, another rep, another two reps, and uh, and didn't get the questions. They didn't get the call they were supposed to get. And then I would, uh, you know, would go into the system and give them their answers. And they used to, you know, want to praise me for it. I said, no, it's not me. I said, when I wake up in the morning and I ask the Lord to be with me and to help me to help others, this, this is what he does. It's, it's yeah. not me at all. Right. I said, so don't praise me. Praise the creator because he's the one that guides me. So that helps me to be able to help you. Yeah. And then another thing I thought about too, um, when Ashley was talking, um, y'all know I've been to um, many different churches in my life, and I always I have told y'all before that I think I've learned something um, from the Bible about the Bible from each church, and that just reminded me of one of the churches I used to go to. It was a small church. And um, this is when the children were smaller, mm -hmm. and um, and I volunteered to, you know, we had a lot of elderly um, people in the congregation, and they were, some of them were sick, so we would volunteer to go to their house twice a week, wash dishes, you know, so I, well, I would wash dishes, I would feed them, I would wash dishes and clean up while the children would read the Bible to them. 
I never even thought that that was a requirement. Yeah. You know, or, or that that was spoken of in the Bible. Right. I just thought it was something good to do. Because imagine yourself being in a home by yourself and confined to a bed. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you don't have visitors. You know, and the little ones, they are kind of the ones that bring joy to the older Yeah, the older yeah they sure people. do. They sure do. <clears throat> so I never even thought of that being, you know, something that he led me to do. I just thought of it as... um being in this congregation and volunteering to do something that I would want to do for my grandmother or my mama. Yeah. And they weren't there for me to do that. Everyone has a ministry. It's just kind of part of your ministry. I never looked at it that way. I never looked at it that way. Just when the pastor asked the volunteers to do it, I volunteered. Yeah. And I made sure that I made the children a part of it. Yeah. Because I, I was like, so I, I had these three young children. What, a, what am I going to do with them while I am, you know, cooking and cleaning and, you know, and all of that? So, okay, they can read Bible scriptures. Yeah, that's Especially good. the older. I think Anitra could read, read it at that point. I don't know if Andre, I know Alan could because he mm-hmm. was just a toddler. But I, I don't um yeah, but that, that was just something that I did without even ever thinking that um, you know that that it that was something that he would look proudly at me for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's it's not, and it, I think this is why it's so important to read the word. Because yeah. even as as much as we read the word and, or have read the word in the past, it always amazes me. It's always something that I feel like I missed or it just was not there when I was reading before. And I think this is why they, like in that scripture that um, Daryl read um, where it was saying, in First Timothy 4, where it was saying, read on all occasions. Get into that the whole mentality of just reading, just pick up that Bible. Don't and and sometimes I'm looking for a place to start and I get kind of confused, like yeah. I don't know where you want me to start. So I start reading, and I'm like, Oh, this yeah. this don't seem like it's something that I needed to hear today, mm-hmm. but this just may help me realize, like, we can't go into it like that, we can't go into it with, with what we think we're gonna hear because we don't know, like, we can't right. just judge our own life and what we think God, the way God is looking at it. We got to just open that book and just, just be seeking his wisdom and his, his word. And it's just, um, it's endless. It's really, it really is true when they say it's something for just about every circumstance that anybody could go through right in that Bible. And, um, we just got to read it a lot more. I know, I know myself, I know I got to, so that was some big things. Plus, plus, you have to, in order, in order to keep your spirit healthy, and you have to feed your spirit. And the only way you can feed your spirit is through the Word. If you don't feed your spirit, you'll die. Your spirit will die. That's why it's important to read the Word. Because mm-hmm. just, like, just like your body craves for food, well, your spirit get grace for the word. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. 
that's what that's what keeps yeah. it strong. Yeah. Right. In, in, in uh, First Timothy four, line six, it says, "If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith, and in good doctrine." Whereunto thou hast attained, but refuse profane and old wise fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Mm -hmm. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So the life now and the life which is to come, because it saves us. And what we, yeah. Like what we read in it's Revelation 3, keeping, the, keeping us, keeping us his, his word and his name. And following him, following Jesus. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's good for edifying. It's good for correcting. And it's it's just you know the word, the truth is the word is the truth. And at the beginning, at the beginning of the um, in Genesis, it tells you this is what you have to. This is what you have to live by. In order to follow God and to do his will, every person is supposed to rely on the scriptures yeah. because that's um, a way of living, the right way of living. Yep. Jesus says man does not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. Yep. Even when we got demons and, and devils on our back, how are you gonna fight them if you don't know the word? Right. That's yeah, true. Got to know it. Got to know it. He said that the, the the word is like it cuts like any two edged sword. So if the word is the sword, he said the word the word yeah. proceeded out of his mouth, and it just decimates all We're the all those armies in the end. Right, because we're fighting against principality, you know, the, of the world, evilness. Mm -hmm. We're fighting against that. So in order, in order to even come out strong with it, or even to survive it, you have to know the word. You have to call on the Lord. Just, just calling on His name is is enough because the uh, demons and devils they flee. They can't. They can't take the name of Jesus. And when you call on that word, they're going to get away from you. Mm -hmm. So he's put his name above above everything. He's put his name above all things. Yeah. Name above The name above all names. Yeah. And then he says what he continues to do is put everything under his feet. Because everything is under his name. Everything is under Jesus. He's put everything under him. He's put everything is subject to him because he's the creator of everything. And so just at the mention of his name, everything stops. Yeah. He's the only way that you can get to the get to the Father. You can only go through the Father by through the Son. And then and if you want to go to heaven, you have to get to know Jesus Christ in order to go because you're not going if you don't know Jesus. very important to take him and take him really as your number one. He's supposed to come over top of everybody else. Yep. 
And even when we when we look at that, you know, that Jesus is supposed to be before, you know, even our even our significant other or our loved ones or our children, like he's he's supposed to be number one. And so we gotta think about that. Because in the in he tells a, you come back to your first love. And that's who your first love is him because he knew you when you was in the womb. Right. 